Our text for today comes from the second chapter of the Gospel of Mark, verses 1 through 22, and you can find them on page 7 in your bulletin. After a few days, Jesus went back to Capernaum, and he had heard from the people had heard that he was at home. So many gathered, there was no longer space, not even near the door. Jesus was speaking the word to them. Some people arrived, four of them bringing him a man who was paralyzed. They couldn't carry him through the crowd, so they tore off part of the roof above where Jesus was. When they had made an opening, they lowered the mat on which the paralyzed man was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Child, your sins are forgiven. Some legal experts were sitting there muttering to among themselves, Why does he speak this way? He's insulting God. Only the one God can forgive sins. Jesus immediately recognized what they were discussing and said to them, Why do you fill your minds with these questions? Which is easier to say to a paralyzed person, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take up your bed, and walk? But so you will know that the human one has the authority on earth and heaven to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, get up, take up your mat, and go home. Jesus raised him up, and right away he picked up his mat and walked out the door in front of everybody. They were all amazed and praised God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. Jesus went out beside the lake again. The whole crowd came to him, and he began to teach them. As he continued along, he saw Levi, Alphaeus' son, sitting at a kiosk collecting taxes. Jesus said to him, Follow me. Levi got up and followed him. Jesus sat down to eat at Levi's house. Many tax collectors and sinners were eating with Jesus and his disciples. Indeed, many of them had become his followers. When some saw that the legal experts from among the Pharisees saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why is he eating with sinners and tax collectors? When Jesus heard it, he said to them, healthy people don't need a doctor, but sick people do. I didn't come to call the righteous people, but sinners. John's disciples and the Pharisees had a habit of fasting. Some people asked Jesus, why do John's disciples and the Pharisees' disciples fast, but yours don't? Jesus said, the wedding guests can't fast while the groom is with them, can they? As long as they have the groom with them, they can't fast. But the days will come when the groom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. No one sews a piece of new, unshrunk cloth on old clothes. Otherwise, the patch tears away from it, the new from the old, and makes a worse tear. No one pours new wine into leather wineskins. Otherwise, the wine would burst, and the wineskins and the wine would be lost, and the wineskins destroyed. But new wine is for new wineskins. This is a word of God for all the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. I cannot remember the TV series where I saw this. 
I think it was probably one of the medical dramas from the 1990s. But there is an episode of this series where there is a woman and she has come to the hospital and she is dying. It was the result of a car accident. She was severely injured. And also her son, her ch their child, was also injured and actually had perished. The husband comes to the hospital and is told what happens. But instead of showing care, showing concern, or even showing anguish about his wife and, and child, there's a sense of kind of a, a cold fury. We learned that this woman was having an affair and that, as I said, the couple's child died in the accident. The husband knew about the affair and was incredibly hurt. Actually, he was more than hurt, he was angry because now, not only did he find out that his wife had cheated on him, but he had to deal with the loss of his child as well. He angrily expresses to the nurse and tells her he will not come to comfort her. He, she can die alone. And with that, he walks out of the hospital. Later on, this same nurse is in the room with this woman. And she is now in the last moments of her life. And she is hallucinating. And she is calling out to her husband, who she thinks is in the room. Oh, but of course, her husband isn't in the room. But she is asking and pleading for forgiveness over and over. There is a doctor in the room with the nurse. And the nurse turns around and tells the doctor to say it, to say to the woman that he forgave her. As I said, of course, it was a lie because the husband wasn't there, but the nurse thought and knew this woman was seeking forgiveness and maybe just asking and having this man do that could help. The doctor is a little bit surprised and hesitates. And the woman dies knowing that her husband did not forgive, had not forgiven her. She dies unforgiven. Forgiveness is something that we all desire. We do not want to go through our lives with the burdens of sin. When we know that we have wronged someone, when we know that we feel that there is a sense of sin or, or, or even, even if we are innocent, but there's something that's weighing us down, we want to feel that we can be forgiven. And in today's text, we have a few situations where there are people who are dealing with sin or the effects of sin in their lives and it cuts them off from others. That first story is the one of the healing of the paralytic man. He is carried by his friends to the house where Jesus is healing others, but there is a large crowd and it is so great that they cannot even get into the house. We never hear much about these friends. We don't know much about them, but what we know is that they were determined and that they had faith and they wanted their friend 
to meet Jesus. They had faith that Jesus would heal their friend. So they decide to get up on the roof and basically tear it apart and then lower their mat, the mat down to Jesus. And this is where Jesus does something that for years I didn't understand. When he sees the mat coming down, he sees this man in front of him, he is amazed at the faith of the friends that they would do this. And then Jesus looks at the paralytic man and says, your sins are forgiven. And that was for a long time did not make sense. I mean, why would Jesus do that? What in the world does sin have to do with this? Did he not see this man looking right at him probably needed some help and wanted to be healed so he could walk? Why was Jesus doing something and not doing something that seemed so obvious? But Jesus sees something that probably at first glance most of us don't see. The biggest thing that is affecting this man right now is a sense of sin in his life. Now, I don't want, to say, I don't want it to say that something happened that, or that he sinned and then he became paralyzed. That is not what I'm trying to say. But what I am trying to say is that there is a sense of guilt. There is a sense of something that he is wrestling with that makes him feel cut off. And that is, in a way, what sin can do, is that you feel alone. This man wanted to be forgiven, and Jesus knew that. He knew that this man probably wanted to be forgiven more than he wanted to walk. In our own lives, in the neighborhoods, and the people where we meet, there are people who are burdened with sin. Maybe it is something that they did. Maybe they hurt someone. Maybe it is something of their past that was not something that, that is embarrassing, that they still feel the guilt. It leaves them with a burden. And it can make them feel paralyzed, unable to move. What comes to mind sometimes are people, people I've known and others who have struggled with addiction. And that can be very much something that weighs on you. There's the sense of that not doing or achieving what you want and falling short and hurting others in the process. That is, again, what sin does. It separates us. And yet, Jesus sees that this man needed forgiveness and sees that there are people in our world and in our communities that need that sense of forgiveness that are dying to be forgiven. Do we believe that Jesus has the power to both heal physically and to forgive spiritually. That God will do what needs to be done to bring people to a sense of wholeness. And more important, can we be like 
those friends of the paralytic man that have the faith to believe that Jesus can heal and that we want to bring these people into an encounter with the living Christ? Can we help them to feel the forgiveness that God freely gives? Now, Jesus did heal the man of his physical ailment. But like I said, this man, I think, wanted forgiveness more than he wanted to walk. Like that woman that I talked about on her deathbed, he wanted something that would lift his burden. A little bit farther on, we move to the story of a man named Levi. Jesus is walking. He sees this man, and Levi's job is a tax collector. And actually what he was doing was more kind of like a customs agent. But the way that Rome operated is that there was a certain amount that Rome wanted. And then you could also put about a little bit more that would go to you. So in essence, basically, you were ripping off people. It was not just the taxes, but then more of that. So these people were not held in very high esteem. And yet, Jesus calls Levi, and at once, he leaves. And then we see that Jesus has, and Jesus is invited over to Levi's house for, for food. And it's actually not just him. It's probably Levi's friends, who were also probably fellow tax collectors, and sinners, which probably means outcasts, people who did not fit in. And in preparation for this sermon, it was interesting that they explained what it meant for him to eat with tax collectors and sinners. Because, of course, it was important, the whole concept of table fellowship was important, because that showed a sense of, of God being with these people. But it also says that he reclined with these people. And that was a custom, especially in Rome, that when you kind of reclined and had food, it was kind of a less formal event. And usually, these were not (coughs) things that were done in a room locked up far away. It was usually done in an open court where people could kind of come in and come out. So everyone saw what happened. And the Pharisees were bothered by this. But the thing is, before we want to think that these are the bad Pharisees and it's not like us, the thing is, these are the ones that we might join in protesting. Because, of course, it's one thing to think about the poor paralytic, the guy that can't walk. It's another thing to want to see someone that you deem an enemy, a tax collector, to be forgiven. If you think that tax, people who collect taxes are bad guys today, try living in the first century, because basically they were little more than mobsters. So why forgive a tax collector? We want to think that if Jesus came today, 
we would be on Jesus' side. That we'd be basically, you know, kind of cheering as Jesus takes on the busybodies for their exclusion and the law of law and their love of law more than people. But the fact is, would any of us want to forgive someone like Levi? Levi wasn't part of the oppressed. He was the oppressor. Why in the world would Jesus forgive or love someone like that? Jesus responds to the Pharisees by saying that just as a doctor heals the sick and not the healthy, Jesus comes to call sinners to repentance. And that's important to understand because that in some ways is the heart of the gospel. It is why Jesus came. We like to, I like to at least, or people kind of want to say all the time that Christianity is about love and God loved us and Jesus loved us and we are called to love each other. And all of that is important that is not the center part of the gospel. The central part of the gospel is forgiveness. Jesus is showing us that forgiveness matters, sometimes more than love. Love is something that the world understands. We want to think of it as an emotion. We want to we show it and, and think about it as, as you can walk already in the store and they've already had things out for Valentine's and that's how we think about love. Forgiveness is something that we have to find a harder time accepting because it is undeserved. Forgiveness goes to people we think should simply suffer their fate. Forgiveness goes to a woman who cheated on her husband and who wants to be forgiven before she leaves this mortal coil. Forgiveness in some ways is scandalous because it does, it breaks all the rules. It isn't pretty. And I'm reminded of this, especially from what happened a few months ago. We all remember the trial that took place in Dallas. Amber Geiger, who was the police in the Dallas Police Department, in the year before, shot a young man named Botham John, who was in his own apartment. The crime was shocking throughout the nation. And of course, what made it even more shocking was the, was the racial settings in, the, in this. She went to trial. She was fired from the police department. And the jury declared her guilty and sentenced. During this whole time and during the victim impact statement, Botham John's brother, Bront John, came up to speak. And from the stand, he said that he forgave the killer of his older brother. Like his brother, he was a Christian, a very committed one. And then he hugged her. What was interesting was the cries 
and how people reacted. People, there were lots of people that didn't like that. They wanted Amber Garber to be held as a contemptible person. They wanted her to be not forgiven. And as humans, we think we want to know who is deserving of love and forgiveness and who is not. But Jesus comes for people like Amber Geiger. And that bothers us. The gospel <clears throat> saves. But the gospel, the good news, is also offensive. It is offensive because it shows a God that desires and wants to forgive even the people that we don't like. Today, in the liturgical year of the church, is the baptism of Jesus. And we did not talk about baptism in this text. But one of the things that baptism reminds us is that we are forgiven by God. As the verse in Ephesians says, it is by grace that we are saved through faith. Our baptisms remind us that we are forgiven by God and we need to be able as followers of Jesus Christ to be able to turn around and forgive those in our lives who have hurt us and also to reach out to those like the paralytic young man who are burdened with their own sense of guilt and their own sense of sin or even ourselves and whatever sins or things that we feel burdened with to know that we can be forgiven. The gospel of Jesus Christ saves us. It saves all of us. But because it saves all of us, it is also offensive. Are we willing and are we able to focus on the love of Jesus Christ that goes to everyone and be given the strength to follow and follow in the message of the gospel, the saving and forgiving message of Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen.